Welcome to The Time Has Come. My name is Graham Wardle, and I want to thank you for being with me here. David Parker is my guest today on the show, and he's a fascinating individual. He was homeschooled, son of a preacher, and he spent most of his life in politics. Now, I haven't really been a political guy, but with everything that's been going on in these last couple of years, I recognize the importance of getting active and learning about how our political systems work. When I first met David, we were sitting around a campfire, and he was sharing with me the history of democracy in ancient Rome, the history of democracy in Canada, and where we're going and what we can do to change it. And that's what I found fascinating. So I said, David, you got to come on the podcast. So we had a great time chatting about all these themes, these questions, these big ideas. And Kerry James and I, we had this idea to recreate this first meeting that David and I had around a campfire. We said, let's have a campfire on the podcast. So Kerry set up a fire, poured some gasoline on it because he likes to have a, ca- a cowboy fire. And then he lit the thing on fire. Boom, off it went. David and I walk in, we sit down and we have the conversation. It was a great time. But through the whole episode, we're dodging the smoke from the fire and trying not to cry. So it's also fun to watch. So I hope you enjoy this episode. But most importantly, I hope you can feel and see David's sincere love for humanity, freedom, and for self-sovereignty. The time has come to welcome David Parker to the show. Welcome to the Time Has Come podcast. I'm joined here with David Parker. Thanks for being here, man. This is a, a very quick, well, thank you. impromptu yeah, podcast. Yeah, we just decided to out. do it, and it's just happening, so this is great. I'm dripping water on myself already. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for being here, man. We had a great conversation Yeah, with Drew Weatherhead. We did. Um, we sat around a fire, and I was like, man, like you are very knowledgeable about things that are going on now in the world, but also what I found so fascinating was you know a lot about our history of politics and the history of politics. Specifically, you told a story about a gentleman or a man or a warrior of some sort back in the day. Can you tell yeah, everybody that story? Yeah, the legend of Cincinnati. To, to kick yeah, this off, so, because I think um, this is fantastic. I'm going to look at all the different cameras. Yeah, you can look at all the cameras. Play. You can talk to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> but, um, so the legend of Cincinnati basically goes uh, like this. So there's this general. So have you seen the movie Gladiator? Yes, one of my favorite So movies. at Maximus. Everyone yeah. loves it. I grew up, watched it with my dad when I think I was 12 years old. I remember just the, the feeling you get when he stands up to the emperor and basically says, my name is Maximus Aurelius, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, father to a murdered son, you know, husband to a murdered wife, you know, I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Yeah. Right? There's the moment. But the, and, and, and that, that mythos, the, uh, Peterson would call it the archetypical myth yeah. there, is actually the legend of Cincinnatus, which is a Roman myth that comes even before like the time of Julius Caesar. We're talking the Roman Republic time. Are you going to be a, okay with this fire? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, 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 I should be all right. Okay. If I get, if I get it out of control. Let me know because we, we can always we can always uh, calm it down, calm it down a bit if need be. <laughs> no, Anyways. we're good. We're good. But um, yeah, so Cincinnati, he was this general, right? And and you have to understand a couple things about Rome to understand how, how warfare worked back then. So it, Rome didn't allow people who lived in urban areas to serve in the army. Oh, that's right. You told to me To serve yeah, in yeah, the yeah. army, you had to be a rural landowner. and of the, prestige. That was like uh, a... Uh, yeah, you, yeah, or you had to own land. Own and, land. And a big part of the reason for that was if you didn't have an attachment to the soil, right? If you didn't have a belonging, if you weren't fighting for something, ah. and you wouldn't fight nearly as hard. So the, the Roman conception of the legion was that it had to be basically the, the, the strength and honor of Rome. Mm. But that also meant that most of Roman soldiers were farmers, right? And Cincinnatus was a farmer, but mm-hmm. he was a really good general. He was Maximus, essentially. Yeah. And so a couple of times, actually, uh, a number, I don't have the exact number, but a number of times, uh, the Roman Senate would come to Cincinnatus and say, we're going to give you the power of dictator. You're going to have all the powers of Rome. You're going to be able to do whatever you want, and, and you're going to raise armies because we have an enemy coming, and we need to stop this enemy. And so uh, they, what would happen was he would, you know, rally the troops, go around, collect the legions of Rome, go and fight the enemy, defeat the enemy, and then he would come back, lay down his sword, mm-hmm. and go back to his farm. Mm-hmm. Lay down his sword. And that was the thing when you told me this. I was like, oh, man, like, this is what we have come to in our world today. Correct me if, if you see it differently, but where we always have the sword. Yes. You know, our military. Well, power is all that matters. Yeah, power is all that matters. Yeah. Right. It's all, I mean, because, I mean, there's that old quote, right? War is politics by other means, but there's also the reverse of that. 
politics is war by other means. I've never heard this before. Okay. And we're seeing this in the United States, right? We're seeing that like words are being used at almost a warfare level oh, now yeah, between yeah, the yeah. two sides, right? Politics has become a whole nother level. We have propaganda at a level never seen by both sides. By both, both sides. Like yeah. there's no there's no no one is righteous, not even one here, right? Everybody is pushing out propaganda mm-hmm. right now. They're mm-hmm. pushing up the rhetoric. So for people that don't know your background, David, can you share with everyone just a brief sort of like history of how you got involved in politics? Because I know you've told me a bit about yeah. it, but could you share with everybody else, you know, where you, how, why you got into it? And then kind of like you have some pretty key markers of your accomplishments along the way. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a kind of a funny story, right? Because um, I'm not like a lot of people in the fact, in the sense that I was raised in a very fundamentalist Christian home, mm-hmm. uh, homeschooled, and my dad's a pastor. So I often say to say that I was a little bit sheltered uh, growing up would be like a way understatement. <laughs> like I was very sheltered. And, uh, but I'm not upset about that, right? Like in the sense that before I was 12, my mom had read me 200 book, like novels. So we're not talking like, you know, cat sat hat on the nap. Oh, she read them to you? Read them to As me. As a child. Oh, oh yeah, wow, read wow, them. Wow, And And so we're talking like Ivanhoe, like the, the Narnia series, The Hobbit, right? We're talking like some serious Western... I would say, like, it's high children's literature, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was just... And she read me all this historical fiction and just tried to build this understanding of of civilization and character and, and virtue and what it meant to be a person in society and why it mattered because she had just impressed upon me this idea that, well, you can be great. Mm-hmm. You can accomplish the things you set out to try to do. And in fact, that's what you're called to do. Beautiful. Right? To Thanks, become Mom. as great as, yeah. Oh, I mean, I am very, very grateful. Of course, she sometimes says, what have I unleashed on the world? And that's all, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. And, and it's funny, right? Because, um, I had a good friend. He's a yak farmer from Olds. We were talking about this once. And he, Olds, Alberta. That's Olds, a, Alberta. A town in, in uh, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, sorry. Here. Yeah, we got it's a tiny rural place. Right, yeah. you could see the mountains from it. Yeah. Beautiful, idyllic um, little farm, and he farms yaks there. Yeah. And we were talking, and he's like, "David, you're different than other people because a lot of people learn social interaction just you know in school, mm-hmm. but I didn't learn social interaction from school. I learned it you know later on in life." Um, through various different means, but university was a huge help. And then I worked in politics for a decade, for the last decade. Yeah. But growing up, I just didn't have the same social interaction. So I had to learn it at a conscious level. So what a lot of people subconsciously just know about social interaction, I've consciously thought through. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which means that I, it, it's changed the way I think about stuff. Plus, you know, I've worked in politics for a long time. I, the, I'll do, I, I don't want to go through the whole long story, but basically I, at 14... Uh, I started volunteering in politics. By 23, I was working for uh, Stephen Harper in his office, in the Prime Minister's office, as his regional advisor for the Prairies. I was a policy advisor in Canadian Heritage. I've done 37 election campaigns. The highlight reel of those was I was the National Director of Field Operations for Aaron O'Toole when we took him from 3% to winning the leadership race. So I kind of managed the volunteers and helped with membership sales and get out the vote and I was a senior staff on that. And then I was also Jason Kenney's regional organizer for Central Alberta. And then Jason Kenney was the premier of Alberta. So governor for the Americans watching. It's the governor equivalent. Equivalent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then... um, and then I've also ran a group called Take Back Alberta, which yes. most recently um, uh, organized for a vote that actually was kind of like a recall for Premier Kenny. And so now there's a leadership race happening because he was recalled. Because or, of well, he, because of the organization that uh, that I helped start and the many many volunteers, and it yeah. was incredible what happened. And so, for people listening, this was very important to you because of how Jason Kenny kind of pivoted on his stance on things, and you made you, you felt it was really important that uh, this this man be removed. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt like um, so be, being raised the way I was by a pastor in a homeschooled family. Um, I, I, I my worldview was very shaped by virtues versus mm. vices right yes. and one of the main virtues being integrity mm-hmm. and it's so and freedom right um funnily enough this is not said enough about christianity but the core of christianity is that we're all sinners in need of a savior and that but god doesn't demand right that gives you the free will he gives you the free will to choose yeah and it's funny because there's there's arguments about that but the but the key of it is freedom is was core to how i was raise it's like you have the freedom to choose you should choose the right thing but you have freedom yeah right 
And but the integrity part was so important to me. And and growing up, I know this might sound strange to say, but it wasn't very common for people to lie. At least they certainly wouldn't blatantly lie. Mm. Right? Like if you lied, it was really hidden because lying was frowned upon. It was a socially unacceptable activity. Mm. And so I naively, when I got to uh, politics, like in, in Ottawa, well, I didn't realize quite how much they were lying. <laughs> yeah. Let's say that. That's all right? they do. <laughs> right. It's, I, I was a true believer. Like, ah, I, I okay. want to, like, people need to understand, I really thought that the Conservative Party of Canada was going to save the country mm. and that Stephen Harper was the man to fix the country. And, and I worked towards that ever since he became prime minister until I worked for him as prime minister until he was no longer prime minister. Mm. Right. So that was my, <clears throat> I'm a, I'm a political child of Stephen Harper. Let's yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah. And, and the one thing I'll say for Stephen Harper above all else is that integrity was number one. He passed something called the accountability act, which, which meant that you couldn't lobby for four years after holding a public office. That's a good thing. Right? And he did that. And he did that because there was things like the sponsorship scandal, which we all remember. I uh, sorry. Here in Canada, there was a scandal where basically people were paid off. Companies were paid, given money to pay for votes in Quebec during the, oh, during wow. the separation referendum. Right? So integrity was so important. Yeah. And to have a, a premier or a, or a governor equivalent who said there would never be vaccine mandates in this province. And then a week later, he comes out and says one it. week, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, usually when politicians lie to us, they give us a couple of years to get used to it. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? forget that they lied. Yeah, or they forget <laughs> that they lied. No, this was a week. It'd be really hard to forget. Did you did you see Biden's speech where he's, he was demonizing half of America? Yeah. And then the next day he says like, uh, no, I never, they're not a threat or they're, they're not a problem. Like it's like now it's twenty four hours. It's not. It's like oh, I realized I made a mistake. Did you see the? And, and this goes down to people don't understand this, but I have a good friend uh, who's the press secretary for Pierre Polyev right yeah. now, who's running to be our prime minister here in Canada, or leader of the. Basically, party. our primaries are different than American primaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's running to be the leader of the Conservative Party. Anyway, this friend said to me, "Politics is all about vibes," mm. and people are like, "What does that mean? Like, what is, what vibes mean?" Well, it's like. That picture of Biden with the red and black backdrop and he's over the podium. And you that that single picture is just terrifying. What, what? But Who it's, chose it's a, that? Well, nobody – that's the thing. Biden didn't choose that. Someone got that picture, right? Yeah, but Someone why did they choose all the that red? Angle. Oh, I think it was probably because they were thinking uh, – you know, we're strong. Is that like, what it is? Con- I don't know. Okay. You know, I, I don't I don't know the answer. It was a really bad picture. It was a bad choice. Like, you yeah. don't want that. Like, no. like, the man looks like a dictator. Just yeah, the picture. Yeah. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter what the words say. Right. Right? Because yeah. a picture is worth a thousand a words. Thousand words. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Jason Kennedy was, he flip-flopped. And so you were like, okay, take back Alberta. Well, yeah, take so I'll go back. Alberta's Sorry. Get him yeah, up. I'll go back a little bit. So... Uh, when Jason Kenney, there was a period of time where there was uh, lockdowns and there were pastors in this province who were being arrested for continuing to carry on church services. Yeah. And, uh, and that was my red line. So to, for, to back up, when I was working for Stephen Harper, I was a bit of like, a, I would go in and, and talk to MPs and say, we need you to vote this way on this bill because it will hurt the party if you, you know, vote this way. Right? That's okay. just a conversation you have. It's, it's selling. You gotta, it was all about selling the direction we want to go as a group, right? Because okay. it's really, people don't understand politics is really about compromise and teamwork, hmm. right? And like getting a whole bunch of people to agree to do something together, <laughs> which is really hard. But that was my job. And while I was doing that, like Stephen Harper used to say, the most important thing, the most important thing is that they know that they're listened to and that their opinions heard. Not that we agree with them. That they're heard. That, that they're heard, mm-hmm. right? And I was watching... People were like raising the alarm about these arrests, and Jason Kenney was doing nothing. Yeah, right. He was, and and I and so I, I declared war on Twitter, which you know I said I will not rest until you're no longer the premier of this province, right? And that was a bit of a big deal because I had run all these campaigns before, but only in a very small circle. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew knows who I am in the mm-hmm. in the broader more public. behind the scenes. More behind the scenes, but we ended up organizing one of the most impressive democratic feats in Alberta's history, which was fifteen thousand people spending a hundred dollars to go to a vote to vote out the premier and then and this was like and people don't realize what's happening because there's so much information out there that we don't get the signal from the noise yeah but democracy was violated in alberta 
And and how was it violated? I just I'll, I'll I'll take away all the trappings. Imagine if a government could change the day of a vote if they thought that that would help them win, right? Well, that's actually what happened, mm. right? Is there was a vote <laughs> supposed to be on April 9th where we signed up fifteen thousand people, and he realized he was going to lose, so he switched it. So he canceled the vote, and then he didn't just cancel the vote, okay? He canceled the vote, and then he turned it into a mail-in ballot. Oh wow! Right. And we all know what people, how people feel about mail-in ballots. Right. And yet, we still, still beat, beat them. them. Yeah. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about because this is the optimism that I felt from you when I first started chatting with you was it, there was a part of me that was apathetic that was kind of like, you know what? There's nothing we can do. Like these people in power, like they're going to cheat. They're going to change the rules. They're going to they're just make it so that they never can get out. And you demonstrated that it can be done. You can overwhelm this system. You can get people so active and so passionate that you can actually hold these people accountable and get them out. And so that's what you've done. And now there's a new leadership race. Yeah, yeah. In Alberta right now. Right now. And it's, well, <clears throat> so I'll backtrack a little bit. So like the number one passion of my life is democracy, right? And, and by that, I mean power to the people. Yeah. I don't mean, uh, you know. Mob rule. A mob rule. Yeah. I, what I mean is we need to decentralize power. Like, yes. so, so if oh, you yeah, go. Yeah, we got to talk about this. Yeah. This is my, yeah. one of my favorite topics. Yeah. So if historically, if you go back, like democracy is not the default. Yes. Human freedom is not the default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Human equality <laughs> is not the default. Yeah. The default is tyranny. Yeah. And what do I mean by tyranny? I just simply mean someone saying, I'm in charge and you have to do what I say, and if you don't, I'll hurt you. Yeah, brute force. Yeah. yeah. It's basically the state has a monopoly on violence. And what does a monopoly on violence mean? It means they can hurt. If you don't, you want to know who, like if you have a house, right, and you wonder who owns it, just stop paying your property taxes for a while. You'll find out real quick who owns your house, <laughs> yeah. right? They'll come and take it. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's the crazy part about the system is we live in a system where we think these people that we elect are our bosses, right? And, and we've, we've created this notion in Western civilization that our politicians are somehow, their personalities matter. Why do their personalities matter? We, the people, tell them what to do. And if they They're don't, hired to do a job. Yeah, and if they don't do what we tell them to do, yeah, then we fire them. Yeah, well, that, that right? should be, but <laughs> that's how people, it should be. Yeah, but and that's don't. what we're moving back to now, and that's what I was wanted to talk with you about because you've talked about these stories in the past of decentralizing power in Rome and these different systems that have worked, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, we've gotten away from these things. We've become apathetic. We haven't been involved, and we've we've sort of taken this approach that there's nothing I can do, and so. What, what do we get? We get these problems that we're in now. Yeah. And so now you have Take Back Alberta and you're, and this is happening all over the world. Oh, yes. All over the world, people yeah. are getting together and like, this isn't right. Like, and they're marching in the streets and they're starting, they're getting involved in the par parent-teacher, you know, like, uh, what's it called? Like the parent-teacher, the meetings and yeah, stuff. PTA, yeah, 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 PTA, PTA, PTA yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they're getting more active and this is, this is the trend that I see. It needs to be this way because we're at a breaking point. Yes. And, and systems are breaking down, things are breaking down, and if we don't shift, it, it's going back to tyranny. And we're seeing it's going, it's, yeah. it's It's on the way. Like, look, look at Russia. Russia's totally under tyranny, right? So, like, people don't understand that most of the world's population right now is under tyranny. Yeah. Right? And, and that other places are trending towards tyranny. And I, we need to get away from this socialist versus capitalist and communist versus, like, Bernie Sanders was really popular. Yeah. And people loved him because he had a message of, you know, the little guy needs something. Now, his way about of going about it, I don't agree with that. But the point is, the little guys figured out that it's not working for him. Yeah. Right? And I think the problem is that without the little guy, the big guy's got nothing. Exactly. And so we need to remind the little guy that he needs to flex his muscles every once in a while. Now, the way to do that used to be unions. Right? Because we had a very centralized economy. Mm -hmm. There was big industries and they produced most of the wealth. And those, those were jobs that lasted 30 years and one man could support a whole family. It was a very different world. We have a way more decentralized, way more highly competitive internet-driven economy now, right? So we also need to have a different way of making decisions, mm -hmm. right? It, it's, we, we can't just put pressure slowly through bureaucracy and grinding down our opponents. We need fast-acting government, mm -hmm. right? And I think the best way to do that is democracy. And I think people don't realize it. <clears throat> what I say at a lot of our TBA meetings, which are basically just 
someone invites a bunch of people and I come and explain how our democracy works, essentially. Uh, but at our, at our TBA meetings, I say the system isn't broken because you have to understand a lot of the people who come to take back Alberta meetings are like me. They're unvaccinated and they, they feel very strongly about that issue and they feel very, they, they lack trust. Mm. They do not trust their government because their government in their view and, and in mine has abused them. Their government has turned them into second class citizens. Their government has, has taken away their charter rights ostensibly to protect who? Because there's just no evidence that it would that it protected anyone. What yeah. happened? Right? Yeah. The mandates were unscientific. Yeah, they were po- politically motivated. I think they they came out with that. That the yeah, it's all over the news. It's now. all over the news. It's, it's now. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So let's talk about the decentralization of power. You talked about this in Rome. Yes. And how they had different sections that kind of kept checks on everyone else. And I know the United States is very much like this. Is Canada like this? No. No. And 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 something people have to remember is that the founding of Canada is very different than the founding of America, right? Basically, the founding of Canada is we asked for permission. For permission. <laughs> yeah, please. Right? We were a colony, and what is a col- what, is the, what is the purpose of a colony? To provide raw material for the motherland, right? To to, to bring in wealth. That's, oh, sorry. That's why you create a, a colony. colony. Yeah. And so Canada was a colony just like the United States was a colony. Now the United States as a colony is like, we don't want to be a colony anymore. We like freedom. Yeah. And so freedom is just ingrained down there, right? It's like... Oh, yeah. It's in their blood. Here, compliance is kind of ingrained. Yeah. Right? And so I think... Being uh, nice. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think we have to get away from that. Amen. Right? I think, I think we have a really big problem in that our elite here in Canada are not terribly competent. In fact, I would argue they're incompetent. We seem unable to process passports... Like, things are getting very bad. And what, when we're arguing about the wrong things. Yeah. We should be arguing about why no one in my generation in the GTA can afford a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyone who can is, can only do it because their parents are paying for it. Right? Nobody, nobody with a regular job in Toronto can buy a house that mm-hmm. is bet- 30, between the ages of 26 and 36. So what can, what can Canadians do and how can other people, or what can we learn from other countries like the, uh, America... Um, about the decentralization of power and how does that change yes, things sorry, for Canadians? Yes, sorry. I got off track there. That's all good. So basically, the way that it works is you have to go back to the Magna Carta, which was signed in the United Kingdom way back in the day. And uh, you, you watched the movie Robin Hood back in the day with oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Robin Hood, Little John, Little John, through the, the forest. forest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's King John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and people hated him so much that a bunch of lords got together and they said, hey, you have to sign this document giving us powers, giving us some of your powers or we'll break away and basically you won't be king anymore. So he, he was signed it under duress, but it was the beginning of democracy. Okay. Because it's taking away the power from the divinely appointed king and giving it, and it's diversifying it. Oh, so this is right? the first decentralization. That's the first, that's the first little bit. Okay. And now you can think of this also as information, right? We started with oral traditions. Then we got the printing press. Right. Now, then we got the internet. Now we have podcasts. We're going back to oral traditions. All these oh, things yeah, yeah, cycle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so with democracy, you, Rome started as a king, right? Then it went to a democracy. Then it went to an empire, mm. right? I don't want us to go to empire. Now, Rome had a moment where it could have gone to empire. It could have gone back to monarchy 200 years before it did, 200 years before Julius Caesar, but because the mob was basically taking over, mm. right? The mob was being ruled by basically people who were manipulating the mob through propaganda, just like some, some like just happened like today. something right now <laughs> to use that mob to take power and then feed the mob what they wanted and then they would just it's basically democ- rule by mob right yeah yeah mob rule yeah mob rule so what the Roman Senate decided to do was give the people their own assembly and they mm-hmm. called it the people's assembly and the people's assembly elected ten tribunes and the tribune's job was to veto any law that the people didn't want, that, that wasn't good for the people and make demands on the half of the people. And it was basically like a safety valve for tyranny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right? It, it, it created another competition. It created another democratic competition. Now, we have so many democratic competitions in our system. It's just people aren't participating. 49% of Americans sometimes don't vote. 49. That means if you're walking down the street, one, one out, out of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? In 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 Canada, it's even worse. In in <laughs> Got the smoke yeah, it's a in little your bit face. warm. Sorry. <laughs> in Canada, it's even worse. Yeah, you were telling me this, right? Like, 
So primaries in the states are when you vote for who's going to represent the party of choice in the general election. In, in Canada, we call them nomination races. In America, 10, 20% of people will participate in, in a nomination or primary vote. In Canada, it'll be less than 1%. Less than yes. 1%. So there's, there's ridings in Alberta. So those are like congressional districts in America. There is ridings in Alberta that 75 people voted, only, all total, not the, not the winning, total voted for the guy who now sits in the legislature. And how many people would be in that riding? Oh, 40,000, 45,000. And 75 people. 75 people. Okay. And so this is what Take Back Alberta did. Exactly. You effectively knew the numbers. And this is what I got excited about when I met you. I was like, oh, my God. It really is just talking to people, getting them understanding the history, yes. understanding like, oh, we can actually make a difference. We can actually get involved. And I know you said in Take Back Alberta, it's not necessarily about one political candidate or you know yeah. whatever. It's, it's about these concepts of integrity, of freedom, personal liberty, and, and self-responsibility, these yeah. types of things. And that's where I was like, man, I'm, I'm excited for this. Because, like you said, it's like, what did you say? Culture creates politics? Or how did, what are so, those uh, there's, there's an old saying that uh, politics is downstream from culture. Right. right. And I think we see in culture, well, we see people who have got, who figured that out. So now they're trying to take over the culture to yeah. influence yeah, yeah, the politics. The politics. Yeah. So let's look at the mainstream media in Canada. Yeah. $750 million in subsidies from the federal government. And those subsidies are grants. They're just paid into their Here's pockets. Here's some free money. Here's some free. Well, <laughs> free, but like, don't say bad things about the government. <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't say bad things about, you know, vaccines. Don't, you know. Yeah. And ultimately, I think the press should not be funded by the government at all because it doesn't make any sense. But let's go back to democracy for a second because I think I missed something that I want to make clear. Democracy is something that always is better for the people, for the regular Joe, for, for your to average person. Yeah. Well, not just to have a voice. If it's not tyranny, then you don't have people coming up and saying, well, give us 75% of what you grew today, this year. Oh, right, right, right. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Holdemore, but it was a horrible, horrible genocide that happened in the Ukraine that the Soviet Union put on the Ukraine. So it was way back in the day. They basically just took all their food and starved them to death. Six million of them. Oh, my Six God. Six million Ukrainians. The, the, the Soviet Union under the communism did this. This is not a disputed fact. It happened, right? Everyone agrees. Oh, my God. And, and that's what happens under tyranny, right? The gulags yeah, in yeah, Russia, yeah. right? The, you know, the long march of Mao, right? Hitler. People think that the, that the argument is between left and right wing. And I think the argument is between the people and tyrants. Mm -hmm. People think, that are power hungry. I think we, yeah, I yeah. think we need to, I think we need to go back to Cincinnatus. Yeah. Right. I think, I think the reason that Rome was great was because people loved the idea of Rome. It's the moment in Gladiator where he says there was a dream that was Rome once, you know, can we rebuild it? And then you have Marcus Aurelius looking at, or Maximus, when he's, you know, asking him to become the emperor, saying, you need to restore power to the people. Mm. This, is the, this is the story that means so much to so many of us. Why? Because my ancestors were potato farmers in Ireland, some of them. And the English just started, decided to starve them to death because there was too many Irish people, and they were going to explode as a population, and they were going to become a problem, mm. right? Because demographics is destiny. Mm. Right? Everyone. Every empire builder knows that. Mm. Right? So they starved them to death. So what did the Irish do? They, they fled to the New World. Right? And so for generations, my ancestors have been farming the land, tilling the land, right? Doing all this stuff. Just being farmers. Right? And that's all we ever wanted to do. But, but the government just keeps getting in the way. Mm. And is this... Is this is this because we don't have active involvement that it, it, it festers? It's kind of like uh, if you don't sweep your floor and there's like stuff, you're going to attract mice, you're going to attract things, and mold is going to grow. Is that the same in politics as if people aren't actively participating? Then you get this mold of tyrants that kind of like festers yeah. and grows. And Absolutely. It, yeah. I, and can, can I boil it down to like basic uh, physics? Oh, sure. The law of entropy. Okay. Right? We are moving always from order to disorder. That's the uh, law of entropy, okay, right? Okay, Everything's okay, moving okay, from okay. that. And, and, and all you need to know if that is true is look at your vehicles. Right. right? As, as you own them apart. for a while, they always, but yeah. even if you do take care of them, they oh, will yeah, yeah. fall <laughs> apart. Just like we will fall apart, <laughs> right? right, right, right. right? Um, everything's falling apart. So what is life? Life is this crazy thing. It, it's a weird 
anomaly, it seems, even in space, right? Which is this, it, it takes disorder and makes order. Because mm. what is light? What is that fire? That fire is combustion. That fire is disorder, right? But what does life do with that heat? We make food. Yeah. We fire our engines. Yeah. Do all this. Yeah. What, what does this tree do with sunlight? It turns it into life. Yeah, it turns yeah, yeah. it into order. Right. Which is pine needles. Bar. What do we do? We take chaos and we turn it into order. When we build things, when yeah. we create anything, when yeah. we take ideas, when we write stories. What is a story? It's just taking the chaos of life and giving an explanation to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, meaning right? to it. Right, giving meaning to it, yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, also, I, I thought about this too, a deck of cards. We introduce chaos by shuffling them. Yes. We deal them out, and then we try and create order as yeah. best we can. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that I love that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, so that is the crux of life. And so that's, that's effectively what we're saying, or like what I'm hearing you say is that it is... We are in this position because we haven't become active and there is an entropy, a sort of a gravitational pull towards yes, chaos. Towards, towards tyranny. Towards tyranny. Yeah. And if we are not active, then that's what we get. And so we're kind of in this in this worldwide. Yes. <laughs> worldwide. We're in this moment of like, okay, the deck has been so shuffled. Everything is so it's getting so chaotic that um, it's time to get active and participate. And it's not about like um, uh, yelling and screaming and violence. It's no. about... In your community, like what you've been doing, talking to people, educating them, empowering them to understand our history and what systems need to change. So like maybe Canada, I don't know how it's going to work, but we need more decentralization of power. Oh, I think so. Big and, time. And big the time. The demonstrably justified yeah, clause. I'm there, I'm there. I've been there, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, you know, it's like, I think it was Brian Peckford who was talking to me about this, where it's like he never thought when they put this this section into our Ch uh, Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the demonstrably justified, that, that they wouldn't like, you know, go through the proper procedure and stuff it was just like boom we're gonna enact yeah, emergency just, act oh oh it's justified they, yeah. they, they, well i always laugh because this this question comes up a lot in uh take back alberta meetings because we always do long q a's because i'm not a big believer in just broadcasting yeah i think that if you're not getting information back from your audience you're not actually a real you're not a real communicator yeah and i love that you do that as well i see that on so many of your lives and it's just awesome like i saw that live the other day where a woman who was going through a really hard time came on the live and it was like You'd made her life for day. Her daughter was feeling the same way. And I was like, that is a man who's giving back, mm. right? That yeah. is, that is a man. To, you have to connect with people. You have to. And, yeah. and that's what the COVID's trying to take away. And that's what tyranny always does, ah. right? What does tyranny always do? It isolates the people that it's targeting. Yeah. Right? It isolates the people who will stand up. Yeah. And it breaks them down because it knows psychological torture, the torture of solitary confinement <laughs> whoa <laughs> we're getting for the listeners out there we're getting sparks and smoke yep, in our yeah, boat it's, it's switching between you and me <laughs> so we're just we're weeping right now we're weeping <laughs> it's work we really wanted the fire we were, I, I still think it's good i still think it's good i'm willing to weep for it i'm willing to weep for it <laughs> sorry to, sorry about that so yeah. you were talking about isolating people and that's what they do is they yes. isolate people from each other so they can't communicate so yes. they can't connect and then you have this fragmentation and this entropy of chaos back because yes. people can't unify yeah and go this isn't right and I, I actually put out on my Instagram the other day just, you know, what I think it was a, uh, an Instagram post that I saw. Something about, like, what conspiracy theories do you think yeah, are 100% true? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And I, and I put it out to my audience, like, what do you think? And I posted some of their answers. But what I was blown away at is how many people wrote me messages or responded to that. And I was like, oh, man, a lot of people believe these things. I didn't think that many people believed it. Oh, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people believe these things. Yeah. Um, or have, have questions. And that's what I always say. Hey, do you have a question? Why can't I ask a question about this? When it's wrong... Well, when you can't ask a question, you know there's a problem. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's always what, it. That's where we're at right now is like there's so many areas of life that it's like you can't question it yeah. because now you're you know demonized or whatever. But like you said, that's the fragmentation of people. Fragment them. Shame these people. Yeah, well, uh, we'll divide, right? Divide. So, so it's like, yeah. okay, you are of this ethnicity and you are of this sexuality and you are of XX. Why are those the things we're defining ourselves by instead of what are we building towards? What exactly? What do what we are, want? What, what do we, yeah. <laughs> well, like it's you, I, I, I want to get into this because I think it's so important, but it's, it's that, that picture of what, what you have the individual one that you talk a lot about, right? Where the magic like, painting? Yeah, one? the painting. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that, right? It's, it's so perfect. But what is our what is that painting for us as uh, Canadians? As Canadians, yeah. What is the Canadian story? Yeah, right. That what is, is your podcast? Which is my, which is is my podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> but what, what is the what is and and not not only that the problem we we have as a species is what is the human story? 
right? What are, what are we fighting for right now? What is it? What is the purpose of being human? Mm. We we haven't got an answer, right? The answer we used to have was oh, you know, to glorify God, but people aren't okay with that anymore. So then there was there's no purpose. God Except, is dead. Well, God is dead, and yeah. we killed him. And we'll never wipe up the blood, right? Nietzsche. Well, then, okay, now what? Right now we have no purpose. Mm. So what are we going to do? Make our own purpose. That's what Emerson says, right? So then we get the existentialists. We get Kierkegaard. We say the, the leap into the absurd. We say we're going to make our own purpose. Mm. Well, that's pretty hard to do as a finite being in an infinite universe. And so that's probably where well, you're thinking this is how it's trickled into culture. Yeah, that's well, that's exactly yeah. it. I'm saying, okay, what's actually the problem here? Mm. The problem is we don't know what we are, mm. right? And, 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 and I... Uh, I asked, I started a podcast called The Canadian Story, and I asked hundreds of people, what, is, what, do, what do you love about Canada? So I could try to figure out what, what is Canadian identity. And what I found was people don't know what Canada is. Amen. I, dude, right? I'm sorry to cut you off here, but when I was in film yeah. school, I made oh. a little documentary about this, and I literally went around because I had the same question. I was like, if America is the land of the free. Yeah. What's what is Canada? Canada? And I was like, well, maple syrup and beavers and yeah. hockey. I was like, that's Real, not... That's lots not... of nature, and we're nice, and we're multicultural. Yeah. Okay, well, those are not things. Yeah, those aren't some... Yeah, exactly. They're not values. No. So what are our values? What, what are our values? But then, but then it's not... Canada's not just the problem, right? Ultimately, the world's the problem. The whole world doesn't know what its values is anymore. Mm. We don't know whether we think even humans are a good thing. Like, it's... I feel like you watch, you watch The Matrix, and you watch that scene where, you know... Agent uh, Agent Smith goes, you know the humans are a virus, right? They they multiply a beyond cancer a, can planet. a cancer on this planet, <laughs> yeah. right? People believe that. Yeah, lots of people believe that. The number of of women who are like, we're not having kids anymore because that, we're we're killing the planet. Yeah, right. We China's in a in a absolute economic catastrophe because it has an inverted um, democrat democratic pyramid, which basically means it has more old people than young people. And the problem with that is if you have more old people than young people, who's going to pay for the old people? Yeah. Right? Who's going who's gonna to support them? Well, a pyramid that's like this doesn't stabilize itself yeah, very well, it right? It collapses. It collapses. And that's actually, Elon Musk talks about this all the time, right? He's always saying, we need to start having babies. We have a problem. But what kind of species, like, let's ask ourselves, first principles, what kind of species is telling everyone in it not to reproduce? That's a species that's lost hope. Yeah. That's a species that has no reason for going on. Yeah. It's a it's an unfortunate position, but I think people like I'm I'm crying actually because of the smoke. It's not yeah. because it was so moving. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, I'm not that good. I mean it guys. was good, I'm but not, yeah. oh, thank you, thank you. No, no, no. Uh, but but yeah, my eyes are watering because the smoke is like <laughs> my eyes now. But yeah. Um this this is and it's sad because um I have I I, I I know people and they've talked about this and it's like, yeah, there's there's too many people and, and there's there's no sacredness around life and there's no shared value around the preciousness of life. No. And um, I think you're right. I think that's probably where a lot of this stems from is this purpose of like, if we're chasing, well, I'm going to find my purpose and I'm going to do this. I'm going to create all these things for me. It's like that isn't truly fulfilling. Well, so, so I've got a question for you. Sure. What is your purpose? Uh, so, so the way I see it is I tune in to feel where I'm called to go. So in my, in, it, some people would say that's I'm following God or I'm glorifying God in that way. But for me, it's this feeling of surrendering to what I feel my heart is guiding me to do. And that doesn't come from like, oh, I really want to experience this. I mean, I have goals and things that I love, but it's more of an intuition or a feeling of being pulled somewhere. Right. And so I'm like, I feel called to serve in this way. Have, I you, have you seen the movie Donnie Darko? I love that like movie. Like that, that yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, it comes out of your chest. Okay, I got it. I yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great movie. But yeah, that's how I would define purpose for me is, is um, it's something that is revealed to you as opposed to you finding it. It is a process for me that I have experienced of going through my life, you know, taking the opportunities that are present to me, but, um, and going through what I'm learning and, and processing, shedding false beliefs. And as I'm growing, I find people 
responding to me. There's a joy or there's a relief or there's a an enthusiasm mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I feel I'm being called this way because yeah. there's more life yeah. there. It glorifies oh, yeah. God or it glorifies well, you life. you see so the signs. It's just like, I just got to walk. I got to walk down this way. It's, it's obvious. Yeah, and that's what this podcast is, is like, you know, taking the leap of faith of, yes. of pursuing what you feel called to, even if you don't, doesn't make sense up here. Even if it's not culturally appropriate or, you know, your friends wouldn't approve of it, it's like, <laughs> I almost quieted that voice. I almost shut it down completely. Really? And I got to the point where I was like, if I shut this down and I ignore this, I, I, I won't, I can't live with myself anymore. And I, I didn't want to kill that part of me. So it was like, I was, I took this leap of faith and I was like, okay, I'm going to honor this wherever it takes me. And that's been my leap of faith. This time has come podcast. All these new paths have come from this decision to say, I'm going to honor what my heart is guiding me to do. Bring my head, still be, you know, still be smart about things, but I'm going to take this chance and go where this leads me. And um, that's my spiritual path. That's my sort of way I see spirituality is that tuning into your heart and letting it guide you where you go. And it's not emotional. But no, no, no. Well, I see, I see it the same way. I see it almost identically in the sense that I have this theory that it doesn't make much sense to conceive of yourself as the source of being. Right, because you know, you know, there was a time when you were not. You know it intellectually, but to you, you have always been. Right, exactly. Which is really messed up. Right, which is really messed up. (laughs) Except that's a misconception. How so? Well, the the things that make up you have always been. The the the, the atoms that make up who you are. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are also a constantly confluent biosphere of of tiny living organisms that yeah. are living and dying and, yeah. and the you that w- is now is not the you that was totally. right outside my- of the spiritual sense to a degree okay but what i would say is that leap of faith you're taking is the realization that actually you are more than just a collection of those things that you can be guided somewhere. oh oh i see what you're right? saying right you're 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 opening up and there's <clears> potential well, there's, well, you're opening yourself up to the possibility that, that something can work through you. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's a whole other thing. Right? And, well, what would that be if you were just matter? Right? If you were just you oh, know, I see what you're saying. atoms. Right, right, right. That, what would be guiding you? Right? Something oh, bigger. Something. And that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, and and um, so I spent a lot of my life, um, adult life, as an alcoholic. Right? And so I spent some time in AA. And honestly, the biggest thing that helps people in AA is, is, is surrendering. And um, David Foster Wallace talks a lot about this in his book, um, Infinite Jest, uh, which is mostly about drug addiction and tennis and a weird Quebec separatist movement. It's a very mm. odd, esoteric okay. book, but fairly popular in certain circles. And, um, and in it, he talks a lot about how you can't get over addiction until you recognize that you're not in control of your addiction, right? Which is then the beginning of actually be getting control of your addiction, right? You have to admit that you have a problem. Mm, okay. But then one of the steps in AA is you have to surrender yourself to a higher power. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right? Why? Why? Because as long as you believe that you are the most important thing in existence, then you will not be able to emotionally accept things that are going on outside of you that don't align with your vision of reality. Mm. Right? Uh, To put it in another way, G.K. Chesterton wrote, a poet wants to put his head into heaven and a philosopher wants to get heaven into his head. Oh, interesting. Right? So the idea of what we should want is just to be able to see all the beauty that's around us instead of figuring out why there's beauty. Mm. To take in more of that. Well, see, that's, and that's what I love about my podcast and talking to people and learning from people and is like, I want to magnify more of the beauty that's here because right. yeah. it's all around right. us. And yeah. it's fun sometimes to talk about why and all these things. Well, yes. Yeah, so obviously, yes, yes. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> it is very good. No, sorry. Your turn so for I, the smoke. I'm not as good. I, I don't have your, your, your laser-like ability. No, bro, to... I was crying earlier. I was like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Well, that's, um. I like that perspective, and I think that's uh, I subscribe to that. Where it's like, yeah, you can go down the. It's interesting and it's fascinating to think about why, but um, at the end of the day, it's like, where does that take you? Yeah. At what's the end goal with that? Um, and I've always I've always tried to listen to different perspectives and different ways of le- uh, looking at the world, because maybe I can't prove it or maybe I can't disprove it, 
how does it impact my life? How does it change my life? If I'm going to out to magnify more beauty in, in this in its limited time that I have, how is that? Well, how is that going to change me? It's going to probably feel great. So yeah. Maybe that's a good operating system. To <laughs> well, use. and maybe you feeling great will help another person feel great, which then that person will help. You yeah, can yeah, multiply yeah. these things. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. This is the, what democracy teaches us, right? Is that if you actually get rid of the gatekeepers and you get rid of the tyrants, then you might end up with something like capitalism. Mm. And like for all its flaws, that means that there's going to be innovation and human suffering will be diminished. I mean, the, the reason that so many people can live on this planet right now and that there's so many human lives is because of oil and gas. Period. End. Stop. Because you couldn't produce the amount of food you can with yeah, oil and without gas. That power without, yeah. without that power source. Without that power source. Human suffering being reduced used to be seen as the ultimate good. Now the ultimate good seems to be saving the planet. Maybe we need to come up with a new ultimate good. Ah. Right? Or maybe we need to go back to an old one. Right? Revitalize it, yeah. Re like, not revitalize... Like, Instead of thinking of the old as something that we've, you know, got past and excelled, instead of thinking of life as, you know, grade schools and graduating, maybe we think of ourselves as a tree, right? Maybe we think of the democracy that we've had as a great opportunity for innovation, which has allowed for human flourishing, mm -hmm. right? And now we say, instead of saying, we just have to hold to the democracy we've always had, we say, let's make it better, mm. right? Let's innovate. Yeah. Let's, let's become creative with how we govern ourselves instead of just saying, this is how we're governed. Yeah. Like, I feel like the weird part about Western civilization right now is everyone's running around the streets yelling about things they don't like instead of saying, I don't like the way things are done anymore. I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Everyone's saying, come and fix my problems, Mr. Government, Mrs. Whatever, yeah, you know, whoever, government. Yeah. Come, yeah. come and fix my problems, whoever. Yeah. Right? Why? Why, why is that the Because it's harder answer? to take personal responsibility. And that's why um, we, I don't want to talk about Take Back Alberta and the tour that we're doing. Mm, yes. Um, but that's why I felt um, inspired to uh, join you in this tour of uh, Take Back Alberta, five different cities, um, is because I was like, these are the ideals. These are the values. These are the, you know, of integrity, of personal responsibility that it's like, yeah, it's hard up front, but it pays off in the long run. And we can, you know, yell and scream all day that our politicians are doing us wrong. But what makes that change is if we take ownership for our lives and we we will not accept anything yes. less. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I've always seen politicians is they're the lowest common denominator. So if the lowest if the if the base level of people is like, we won't accept this, they're like, Oh, well, like it's not gonna work then. They <laughs> have to raise their standards. Right. Yeah. So that's where I'm excited is like this is an actual practical thing. It's not just like vote for this person and they're going to figure out all our problems no, and fix yeah. them all. It's like we go and we talk with people and we engage with them and you obviously, all the knowledge that you have to educate them on the process and it's this understanding of when we take ownership, when we become self-sovereign human beings and we recognize who we are and what we can be and how we can turn ourselves into this channel for beautiful creativity yeah. and things to come yes. through us. Man, like, yes. oh my God. Think about what would be possible. Yes. This is what I get so angry about this because I'm like, I call it the difference between the abundance mindset and the scarcity mindset. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, and, and the problem is economics is based on the scarcity mindset. The, the first law of economics is how do you distribute scarce resources, right? Because, but, but why are we thinking that way? Because there's one resource that isn't scarce and it's human innovation. We have been able to solve every problem we've ever encountered. Ever. Yeah. That's what we're good at. Yeah. Is problem solving. And we've gone from seeing ourselves as what I what used to be called a Mago Day, which is the image of God, to, you know, basically meat sack, you know, I ain't nothing but an, an animal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. You you touched on this earlier where we used to think of reducing human suffering, and I just want to get back to that because there are some people that they go, well, the ultimate way to reduce human suffering is to have less humans. Oh, I know. Antinatalism. Yeah. It's a it's real a, thing. Oh, my just, God. Just, oh, well, humans, net, like, it's better to not be than to be. Well, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, what, what kind of dis discussion are we having now? Yeah. Right? Being is bad now. Yeah. Oh, well, there, there are religions that believe that, but, like, usually yeah. they're death cults. Exactly. And that's, unfortunately, what it's sort of creeped in. And uh, what's so desperately needed and why yeah. I'm excited to be a part of this tour. So I got to go back, back to the tour. Sorry. Yeah. So so basically I want to go back to why that, that fire that we had with Drew is so significant in my mind and why I'm Drew so Weatherhead excited. Drew Weatherhead when I was Drew on this podcast. Yes. Yes. Sorry. So 
So I, I sat down with Graham and, and we and Drew, and we started talking about what it means to like take responsibility for your own life, what it means to make that crucial decision that you're discussing where you made, you took that leap of faith. You yeah. said, I'm going to try to do this. Yeah. I'm just going to go out and figure it out. Yeah. Right? I'm going to take that step. I'm going to be creative. Right? Well, what I call that is, I call that a magote. I call that the image of God. Mm. You decided to create something from nothing. Right? You took an idea and you said, I'm going to manifest it into reality. And you did that. Mm-hmm. And it's happening. Mm-hmm. You're watching it. Like, We're think, doing it now. But exactly. <laughs> this is that manifestation. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, similarly, I, everyone can do that. Amen. Right? Everybody has the divine spark. This is what religions mean when they talk about that. Mm. That's what makes us different than animals. Everyone's like, We're not different than animals. I'm like, Well, show me an animal that builds a house. Yeah. Right? Show me an animal that tells a story. Not, not that communicates things, but tells a story. Yeah, with metaphors. Like, yeah, with yeah. metaphors. <laughs> Show me an animal that has uh, senses of humor. Some of them seem to have senses of humor. And, like, I'm not saying animals aren't intelligent and not saying I don't love animals. Yeah. Animals are brilliant. I know that gophers have... But there's a difference. But there's a, a difference. distinct difference. Yeah. Right? And here is what I believe to be the difference. And this is why I think Take Back Alberta is so important. Because I think people have forgotten it. But here's uh, the key difference that I think people forget. Is... We can imagine something and make it so. And people say, oh, oh you know, yeah, that you, it's, it's all that hoity-toity. No, it's not. Everything you see was imagined yeah. Yeah. and is made so. Yeah. You and I can communicate across the world with a little black box and we can press a button yeah. and someone comes up on the screen and we talk to them, right? Yeah. Magic is happening all around us because people imagined something and they made it so. So why is the thing we're imagining that the earth is just going to heat up and die and we're all going to be, you know, we're all going to boil? <laughs> like, maybe we could imagine something else. Yeah. Right? Maybe we could imagine solving that problem. Yeah. And that's not to be in denial. No, 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 yeah, no, no. It's not about no. denial and be like, oh, so I'm going to imagine, you know, yeah. There's been a lot of bad things that have happened in this world. Yeah. And we've imagined ways out of them. Amen, dude. Amen. And that's that's the narrative. That's the story. That's the story of Take Back Alberta. It, which needs to be told. Yeah. And so can we just briefly, for Albertans out there. Yes, for Albertans. Can we, can we, yes. And anyone else maybe that wants to join this maybe in a neighboring province. Yes, yes. Tell everybody what Take Back Alberta is doing in the tour. So basically, uh, we've, been, we've been going and doing these meetings all across Alberta. We've already done over 500 of them now. We're having this special tour, which we've invited you on and Drew's coming on. And the three of us are going to go and we're going to talk about what, what we've been talking about here, about yeah. sovereignty, about taking responsibility for your life. You're going to share about taking that spiritual responsibility of the leap of faith, mm-hmm. of saying, no, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to step into the unknown yeah. and I'm going to turn chaos into order, right? And then Drew's going to talk about doing that with your physical body because he's a black belt and he's like, yeah. he trains. He's an amazing Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, phenomenon. He's we we all both of us love yeah. him, and and then I'm going to talk about how we could take sovereignty over our society. Yeah, our political system. Our political system, which is yeah. I think through the political system is the best method. Mm-hmm. And so each night we're going to do one night in Bonneville, uh, Alberta, which is in northern Alberta. Then we're going to do Edmonton, Alberta, home of Wayne Gretzky, and uh, you know a lot of o- other awesome things. Then Red Deer, which is my hometown, which is, happens to be between Edmonton and Calgary. Then we're going to be in Calgary. And then we're going to do one in Lethbridge, which is in southern Alberta. And yeah. we're going to do that so that we can bring people out. Because a big part of this is we've lost some of our our ability to gather mm-hmm. over COVID. Yeah. And so I want to bring people together to say, we need to gather. And not only do we need to gather, we need to work together to, to rebuild the yeah. trust in our institutions. We need a media that tells the truth. Right. And that doesn't take corporate or it doesn't take government money and probably not major corporate money either. Right. Mm. We need a government that listens to its people and obeys its own laws. Right. And doesn't lie. Most of all, doesn't say they're going to do something and do something else. Yeah. We need a banking system that doesn't uh, just bleed people dry. Right. And 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 doesn't charge us these absurd fees for accessing our own money. Mm hmm. There's a lot of things that need to change. Yeah. But we can't change them by hiring the right person to change them. That's take, take back all versus Berta's messages. You can't change anything until you change yourself. Right? Right? Nothing. Who's that Gandhi that said that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I, well, and it's so funny is everyone mocked Jordan Peterson. They say, clean your room. But that's yeah. how bad it's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't even clean our rooms anymore. Yeah. 
right? Yes. Well, I'm excited to be a part of no, this. No, I'm so, I'm so glad this you're coming. This is going to be yeah. fun. And um, I, we're going to be live streaming this on the Telegram channel, On the I Telegram believe. channel, yeah. Yeah, so that um, if people want to watch, they can follow the Take Back Alberta uh, Telegram channel. I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, if people want to do, even if you're in another part of the world, you just want to oh, you just yeah. want to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to put that. But I always end my podcast, David. I've already asked you this question. You can change your answer if you want. Yes, I know yes. you're about no, to cry I, because of the no. smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I'll <laughs> get out of my way, way here. Yes. Um, but I like to end my podcast with my magic painting question. Like yes. I said, you can change your answer if you want, or you can just reiterate it because when we were hanging out with yeah. Drew, Drew Weatherhead there, you shared your answer already. But um, It was a good – I think I'll, I'll continue with that answer. Okay. So well, I ask the question. Okay, yes, so yes. – David, if you had in your house a magic painting that whenever you looked at it, you could feel any type of feeling you wanted to feel to any degree that you wanted to feel it, what feeling would you choose and what would be on your painting that would inspire you to feel this feeling? So I said then and I would say now it would be a large mural of a Napoleonic battlefield with uh, the enemy in full route. And what route means is retreat. Is And basically the, the feeling that it would convey is one of victory and one of accomplishing the task, the campaign, the, mm. the project at hand. And the project that I see, uh, at least for all of us who still care about freedom, is that the, wet, the, the heart of Western civilization is, is crumbling because no one trusts our institutions anymore. And the heart of our institutions, in my mind, is democracy. Mm. And so the enemy that I want to rout is tyranny. Mm -hmm. The victory that I want is that the inheritance passed down to us by our ancestors that they fought and bled and died for and that was so hard fought and is not the default setting of humanity that government for the people by the people right that that does not perish from the earth yeah. and I'm worried it might perish from the earth like I, I'm worried about the polarization in the states but more but the only way it stops is that people get more involved not in and involved doesn't mean liking things on Facebook yeah, and it doesn't getting mean out and talking listening to, to YouTube videos yeah. it actually means going to meetings and yeah. like it means sitting on your local boards and it means starting to participate in the decisions that are made about yeah. how you live, about how you're governed. Yeah, this feeling, let's talk about this feeling. Mm -hmm. So it is a feeling of accomplishment. Yes. But it's deeper than that because I, I feel like there's a sense of, uh, I would even say purpose, where it's like this, uh, t tell me more about this feeling. What does it feel like in your body? Well, I mean, there is an element probably, if I'm being really honest, uh, that is a little bit aggressive about it in the sense that I really like defeating my enemies, okay. right? Like, I'm a very competitive person. I've always have been. I loved board games for a long time. <laughs> I like chess. I like, you know, I like yeah, winning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the feeling of winning, okay. right? It's the feeling of a, not just accomplishment, but of of, of besting your opponent, mm. right? Of, 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 of getting the W whatever you want to call it, but it's the uh, same feeling that a basketball player gets, right? It's, it's that moment where Kawhi Leonard sends that, you know, three-pointer off oh, yeah, in the air, yeah. buzzer goes, yeah. and it goes down, and now they're going to the finals, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's glory. Mm. Ultimately, it's glory. But it's a hard work for a good purpose it, glory. Yes, yeah, well, I, I want that. I mean, a lot of people pursue glory. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? I want mine to be, but my, my first principle would be power to the people. Mm -hmm. right, my first my first principle is that power is bad, and I have a whole theory on that that I can get into if, if we want, but probably we don't want to. It's too probably too much time. <laughs> Maybe but, next time. Yeah, exactly. But but we need to decentralize power because power makes people bad. It corrupts. It corrupts. What's, what are they, what's that saying? Power uh, corrupts and absolute power, power corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that answer, David, and I think that's um, a beautiful painting and a beautiful mission or a beautiful thing to. Uh, cultivate uh, is that uh, feeling of winning this fight against tyranny and, and standing up against that gravitational pull to chaos. Yes, yes. You know, and I think that is the human story in a sense. That is our story. Well, can I, can I quote an old Roman poem that I just absolutely love? It says, how can men die better than facing fearful odds for mm -hmm. the ashes of their fathers and the temples of their gods? Bro, that's it. That's it, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks, dude. man. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Well, that's it, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for watching all the way to the end. I really appreciate it. I just want to say, before you go, if you haven't already had a chance to enter, I'm giving away a free cell phone. One of those Samsung S20 FE 5G 128GBs. You know, it's a smartphone. If you want a smartphone, enter the contest. Click the link below your name down. You can be 
it entered to win. I'm giving it away. So I don't need it. It was given to me by my cell phone provider. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give it away to my audience. Somebody probably needs a new phone, an upgrade. So click the link below. Get yourself entered to win the smartphone. I want to thank Kerry James for, for producing, for editing, for doing all the stuff that he does for me to make this episode happen. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate your help. David Parker, thank you for being on the episode, man. Thanks for inviting myself and Kerry James on that sovereignty tour across Alberta. We had a great time, man. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for everything that you do. And thanks for having us on the sovereignty tour. I want to thank Eskimotion for his music. The song is called In Dreams, and that's what plays at the intro and the outro of my podcast here. So I really want to thank him for his uh, music and, and setting the tone for my podcast. All the best to you, Eskimotion. If you want to check out his music, click the link below. If you want to text me, I, do, I send out updates. You can text me at 250-999-4163. Send me a text, and uh, you'll get an automated response back that says, like, what do you want to get updates on? And you can just say, like, everything. Or, like, I just want to get updated on the podcast. Just respond, and then automatically you get put in a category. And then anytime I have something to update you on, I can send you a text. It's kind of cool if you like that. And if you don't like it, you just say, stop then I'll stop texting you. (laughs) Uh, Also, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh man, I want to watch the full episode, head on over to timehascome.com and you can check out the full video episodes of my podcast there. Also, there's a bunch of other stuff going on there too. It's a lot of fun. There's a great community there. So if you're interested in that, timehascome.com, check it out. That's it, guys. Thank you so much. And I will see you very soon. Cheers. Cheers.